Lift your hands to heaven. Come on. Everybody in this place, lift your hands to heaven. We honor you tonight, Lord. Just in your own words, just give God some praise. Come on, make yourself known in heaven tonight. Tell him, tell him how much you love him. Tell him how thankful you are that you're free tonight. Thank him for your deliverance. Thank him for your freedom. Thank him for the love that he shared for us, on us, in us. We love you tonight, Lord. We're so grateful for your presence. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Ephesians chapter one, Paul prays this prayer. He says that, may, that God may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I like the, the, the statement, he says, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. You know, my wife makes fun of me because I watch the same movies over and over again. Anybody ever do that? Uh, she'll come in the room and she'll say, why are you watching that again? Didn't you watch that last week? And I'm like, yeah, I did. Forrest Gump, seen it a hundred times. Gladiator, probably seen that a thousand times. Rocky, not so much like three and four, but like one and two for sure. And she asked me all the time, why do you watch the movie over and over? And it's because every time I see the movie, I see something different in it. Every time. Like every time I watch it and I go, oh my gosh, I never saw that. I never, I never saw that little clip. I never heard that line. Tonight, we're going to do something really special. And I wanted to read that verse over you. And I'm going to read it over you again in just a minute. Because I believe tonight you're going to see something that you've never seen before. Because the many of you, you've been a Christian a long time. And you've been to church a bunch of times. And you've seen the movie over and over and over again. And sometimes we can miss out because we've gone through the motions. And my prayer is like Paul prayed for you, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. You're gonna see Jesus tonight in a way that you've never seen him before. You know, it's really interesting when Jesus uh, sat down with his disciples, most people believe it was on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, before he was gonna go to the cross on Friday. He sat down with his disciples around this table and they had Passover together. And he said to them, he says, with fervent desire, one translation says, with passion, with excitement, he sat down with his disciples and he said, I, can't, I could not wait to celebrate this with you. Now, here's what I believe. Those Jews that sat around that table had experienced the Passover 
every year or every how often they did the Passover, every time with their family over and over and over again. But he knew, Jesus knew that in this moment, they were going to see him in it. Literally the one that was prophesied when Moses put together that first, that first Passover, when God put together that first Passover, he, he knew that they were going to finally they watched that movie over and over and over again and then their eyes were going to be open and they were going to see Jesus in it. And tonight you're going to see Jesus like you've never seen him before. You're going to experience the love of God like you've never experienced it before. We have something really special we're going to do with you. My friend, Pastor Scott Volk, who we, I've known him for over 20 years. We've been friends for a long time. Last time I saw him was in Athens, Greece. Crazy. Like we ran into each other at an airport in Athens. And we're like, hey, we need to get together. We, know we get together every like 14 years or something like that. And uh, Scott is a Messianic Jew. And he's gonna show you Jesus in the Passover. And you're gonna really see him like you've known. Because you've, you've, you've done this You've experienced communion. You've watched this. You've read it. You've been through it. And Ephesians 1, your eyes are going to be enlightened and you're going to see Jesus in a brand new way. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to just turn to three people and I want you to point at their eyes before you sit down. And I want you to say to them, you're going to see different tonight. You're going to see different tonight. And then you may be seated. So blessed to be here. Good Friday at Freedom House. It's amazing. <clears throat> you know, we, we just sang this song, There's a Little Lion Inside of Me. That's really cool. But think about this when Jesus showed up. He shows up on the scene, 30 years old. John is baptizing in the Jordan River, and Jesus shows up. And John did not say, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hey, dude. He said, I just saw somebody I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> he didn't say, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He said, behold, the lamb of God. That is crazy. Because if you're looking for a Messiah to come, if you're looking for a man to rid you from the powers of Rome, the way the Jewish people were oppressed, you would want that lion. And he says, behold the lamb. Why the lamb? Just think about lambs for a minute. I actually grew up on a farm in northern Minnesota. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. But when I was 10, after my parents accepted the Lord, 
They were, they were, my dad was raised in an Orthodox Jewish home, my mom in a conservative Jewish home. They accepted the Lord supernaturally. That's another story for another time, but it was a miracle. We moved and lived in northern Minnesota for all of my teenage years, and one year, we on the farm slaughtered a goat and a lamb. When we slaughtered them for eating, we were gonna eat them, <laughs> nothing weird. <laughs> like, woo! Uh, okay. We slaughtered, we slaughtered the goat, slaughtered the lamb. It took four adult males to hang on to that goat while it's kicking its legs and it did not go down easy. When it was time to slit the throat of the lamb, and forgive me for being graphic, but I gotta tell you, it not only didn't take anybody to hold that lamb down, the lamb gave you its neck and willingly gave itself. So when Jesus said, whoa, when Jesus said, <laughs> welcome to Freedom House, Scott, knocking over tables, talking to people in the front row. When John said, behold the Lamb of God, that meant something to the Jewish people. Do you know that every day that the temple was standing, two lambs a day were slaughtered for forgiveness of sins? That's God's instructions to Moses and the Jewish people in, in Leviticus. In order for sins to be forgiven, blood needs to be shed. It was the blood of a lamb. Two a day, 700 lambs a year. And when Jesus shows up, he shows up as the Lamb of God. And tonight, I just wanna talk for a minute about the Lamb. Because I'm all into... You said you watch Rocky, right? Rocky? I'm, I'm that same guy. I've watched a lot of those movies, plus some uh, Hallmark movies, but I did that with my wife. Of course. Could you imagine going over to Pastor Troy's house and going up to his little man cave and he's watching Hallmark over and over and over again? <laughs> That'd be tough. <clears throat> I'm all into the lion stuff. I love those powerful movies. But there's a reason why Israel rejected Jesus. Because he didn't show up like they thought he was gonna show up. And by the way, friends, sometimes he shows up outside of your little boxes of how we put Jesus in. Because he's gonna show up not to fit your agenda, but to fit his agenda so that the world will know that he is king because ultimately the Lord is glorified. Listen to this verse. Passover is here. According to John, the timing of Jesus riding into the city on the donkey, this past Sunday you guys probably celebrated uh, Palm Sunday, right? That's where we commemorate Jesus on the back of a donkey riding into Jerusalem. That happened on the 10th day of the month. Then Jesus was inspected. He was before Pilate. He was before the scribes, the Pharisees. And remember what Pilate said? We can find no fault in him. Which meant he was an unblemished lamb. On the 14th day of the month, 
as Passover lambs were being slaughtered for forgiveness of sins to celebrate the Passover, Jesus hung on the cross. That's crazy. I'm just gonna read you this description out of the book of Exodus chapter 12. This is God's instruction for Passover. And as Pastor Troy so eloquently said, the last night that Jesus had as a free man, he celebrated this meal with his disciples. He earnestly desired, he fervently desired, he was looking forward to this meal together. So I want to I want to tell you, read to you, the scriptures may be up on the screen. I want you to follow along with me. This is God's instructions for Passover, not man's idea, even though it might be a good idea. This is God speaking. All right, you ready? Lord, I pray that you would supplement these human words with your spirit. Lord, and even as pastor spoke a minute ago, I pray that our eyes would be opened, my eyes, our friends who are gathered tonight, may our eyes be opened to the fullness of Jesus as the Lamb of God. Amen. Check this out, Exodus chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Moses in the land of Egypt, this month shall be the beginning of months for you. It's the first month of the year for you. Speak to the congregation of Israel saying, on the 10th day of this month, you are each to take a lamb for themselves, according to their father's household, a lamb for each household. So 10th day of the month, every Jewish home in Egypt grabs their lamb, brings it into the home, inspects it for four days. Let's read on. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. Verse six. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that same night roasted with fire and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, unleavened bread, bitter herbs. Now you shall eat it in this manner with your loins girded, sandals on your feet, staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night And I will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. Against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. Now listen to this verse. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the the land of Egypt. Just listen for one second. You understand? Moses went to Pharaoh. By God's plan, he said, Pharaoh, God says, let my people go. Passover is all about deliverance. 
Passover is remembering a people that were enslaved and in bondage who came free. I believe there may be one or more of you tonight that have been dealing with issues that you can't break free from. And God on Passover caused freedom to come. That's why we remember the blood, the blood on the doorposts of the house was protection for the children of Israel. Listen to this. The death angel was gonna come through. On that night, the firstborn in every house was gonna die unless the blood was over their homes. If it was over their homes, the angel passes over. Passover. Now, let me just ask you something. What if one of the Jewish families said, ah, Moses is 80. This sounds like a crazy idea. I'm not doing it. That house was not protected. What if one of the Egyptian houses said, hey, I caught wind of something. Let's grab an unblemished lamb and put the, the blood over. You know what would have happened? They would have lived. Because God's not into ethnicity. He's into the blood of the lamb. So, listen. That's how he is today. God doesn't love Jewish people more than non-Jewish people. Some, some people come up to me and go, man, it must be so cool to be Jewish. I wish I was Jewish. Sometimes I say, I wish I wasn't. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's, a big, that's a big whole thing. <laughs> can, I one, can I tell you one quick Jewish story? My wife and I, uh, Beth's family comes from Lebanon. She never understood Seinfeld. <laughs> but my grandparents were like George Costanza's parents. I'm not joking. They yelled like them every day. One day, 5 a.m. in the morning, I'm living in uh, Arizona. My grandparents, when they were alive, lived in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Jewish Mecca. There were probably more Jews there than in Israel at that time. <laughs> My phone rang at 5 in the morning, and I, I was startled. This is before the days of caller ID, so I picked up the phone. I said, hello, and it was my grandfather in his thick New York accent. He said, I'd like to order a prescription for my wife, Claire. I'm like, what? He said, I, and he said it louder and a little bit irritated, I'd like to order a prescription for my wife, Claire. I said, who are you calling? He said, Walgreens. I said, Grandpa, this is Scott. And he said, what are you doing at Walgreens? <clears throat> that, that's just, that's, it's a try. I can't make that up. <laughs> Jewish people, I'm telling you, <laughs> they think they're always right. I don't know how I got off on that. The blood will be a sign. And if you believe Moses and God's word, the angel passes over. Because God, you're protected by the blood. It, it, it was that way 3,500 years ago. And it's that way today. You shall observe. Now this day will be a memorial to you, verse 14. You shall observe it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You're to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. You shall observe this event as an ordinance for you and your children forever. And when you enter into the land, which the Lord will give you as he has promised, you shall observe this right. And when your children say to you, what does this right mean to you? You shall say it's a Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed 
over the houses of the sons of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians but spared our homes. The people bowed low and worshiped. Then the sons of Israel went and did so just as the Lord had commanded. Obedience brings blessing. I don't care how crazy the commandment or the, or the, or the, the, the word is to you. You follow what God says, and he will bless you. In, in Jewish homes, Jewish homes all over the world, they light candles to welcome in the Passover. It's at sunset every night. We're going to do this quickly. Typically, the Jewish woman in the house lights the candles, but my wife is an Arab woman. Woo! <laughs> I did my, I did my um, Ancestry.com DNA over COVID, and uh, it came back 100% Jewish. And I told my parents, I said, are you telling me that nobody in your downline married outside of Jewish DNA? They said, no, but I hit a homer. <laughs> right, go big or go home. If you're gonna marry outside your ethnicity, just do the opposite. And I love it. She is a blessing. She's gonna give the prayer in Hebrew and in English. This is prayed in every Jewish home to welcome in the Passover. Baruch atah Odonai Eloheinu melech ha'alam asher gedushanu b'mitzvatov v'tzivanu lehard lechner shel yom tov. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us by your grace and commanded us to kindle the Passover lights. Amazing. Thank you. Typically, Passover takes three hours in a Jewish home. So I asked Pastor Troy, and he said, as long as you're done by 10 p.m., you're fine. We're going to do this in 15 minutes. On the Passover table are four cups of wine or one cup that is filled four times. And this, this wine commemorates the four I wills that God spoke over the children of Israel. And this is very, very important because at Passover, Jesus picks up one of these cups. We're gonna get to that in a second as we celebrate communion. But this is what the scripture says in Exodus 6. And you'll find the I wills there. Say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from their bondage. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm, and I will take you for my people, and I will be your God. So the first cup is the cup of sanctification. I will bring you out. Everybody say sanctification. Sanctification is separating. God separated his people. He brought them out. And the first cup is the cup of sanctification. I wish you could all share this finest wine in all of Charlotte. I, I hope it's not because after, if it was after four sips, I'd be done anyway. And they pray this prayer. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth the fruit of the vine. And then everybody takes a sip. Okay, 
(laughs) The first cup is the cup of, I will bring you out. The second cup is the cup of judgments, and we'll get to that. The third cup is the cup of redemption, and the fourth cup is the cup of praise. Now, you guys said, whoever is, can we give a hand to all the people who serve here and get this stuff set up? You guys are amazing. <clears throat> on, on the table here is some parsley, some horseradish, some apple nut mixture, some matzah, unleavened bread, a boiled egg, and a lamb shank bone that I forgot to bring from home. (laughs) So it's not here. I was gonna bring it. And then there's salt water. And I'm just gonna briefly tell you, rather than me taking all of this and eating it and you watching, I'm gonna tell you what each of it means, okay? This first thing you see here is the parsley. And what Jewish people do is they take the parsley, they dip it in the salt water, and they are reminded of tears. You have green life, and you have tears, because sometimes life and tears are mingled together, and they remember this particular scripture verse, Exodus 2.23. It came about in the course of those many days that the king of Egypt died. The sons of Israel sighed because of their bondage and they cried out to God because of their bondage because, and their cry because of their bondage rose up to God. Listen, God hears your cry. And there's a difference between crying and whining. <laughs> How many parents can say amen to that? When there's whining, you just want to go like this. Leave me alone. When there's crying, you are, I don't care what movie you're watching, you're off your seat and you're there to attend your kids. That's who God is. I waited patiently for the Lord and he heard my cry. Took me out of the pit of destruction, placed my feet on a rock, put a new song in my mouth. God hears the cries of his children. So when we partake of the parsley, we're reminded of the cry. I just want to tell you something. This bread, this matzah, unleavened. It's not, there's no, there's no uh, big loaf here. There's no yeast. Thank you. Somebody's helping me. I love it. No yeast. It's, it's actually striped. It's scarred. There's like burn marks on it. Do you know, this is in the homes of Jewish people everywhere. And they don't realize that they're actually partaking of communion. You say, Scott, there was no communion in the book of Exodus. We're going to get to that in a minute. But this matzah is amazing. And every Jewish home has a matzah bag like this with three sections in it. Three pieces of matzah one in each section. And the father of the house takes the middle piece of matzah out. You're not gonna believe this. He takes the middle piece of matzah out. He breaks it in half. He wraps it in a white linen cloth. And then he hides it or buries it. And at the end of the meal, All the kids go to find it. We'll get to that in a second. Have any of you ever been to a Passover Seder before? Raise your hands if you have. Ah, good. Maybe maybe 30 or 40 of you. It's amazing. 
It's amazing how Christ the Messiah is in the Passover. You might say, oh, Scott, it's obvious, but Jewish people have been doing this for 3,500 years and they're still blinded to Jesus as king. And I wanna pray tonight before we close that the eyes of their understanding will be open because Jesus can't come back until Israel welcomes him back. Okay, second cup is the cup of, anybody remember? Judgment. We remember how God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt with the 10 plagues. And so what we do is we don't drink the second cup because drinking wine in, Jewish, in, in Judaism is a sign of rejoicing. The Bible says not to rejoice when your enemy falls. So what we do is we'll spill a drop or take a drop out and recite the 10 plagues together, remembering the second cup, the cup of judgment or the cup of plagues. So I'm gonna, I, I want you to repeat after me. We did a little responsive reading before. This is gonna be a, a different one. I'm gonna say one of the plagues like we're uh, remembering and uh, I'm not gonna mess up this beautiful bowl, but we would typically put our finger in there and recite the plague. So I'm just gonna do it. Ready? Repeat after me. Blood, frogs, lice, flies, Pestilence, boils, hail, locust, darkness, death of the firstborn. Passover is to help us remember what God has done. And I don't know if you remember the scripture out of Exodus 12, so that when your children ask you, do you know, parents, the best thing you can do for your kids is tell them of the deeds of the Lord? It's to speak the life of God that he's manifested in you to your children so they can tell their children because there's something about remembering. When we remember, we are strengthened in the day of battle. The enemy wants you to forget what God has done and hide behind a rock. God wants you to remember how he delivered you from the paw of the bear and the mouth of the lion. So when David faced Goliath, he wasn't hiding. He was running into battle. Okay. The bitter herbs, it's horseradish. Uh, and believe it or not, we take this horseradish and we remember the bitterness of our slavery. Exodus 1, the Egyptians compelled the sons of Israel to labor rigorously. They made their lives bitter with hard labor and we partake of the, the bitter herbs and we eat them. There's another thing on the table here. It's called corrosive. This is a mixture of apple and nuts. It reminds us so that we can remember the bricks and mortar. This, was, this reminds us of the mortar that was used to make bricks as slaves in Egypt. <clears throat> the scripture, I'll just read it really quickly. They appointed taskmasters over them to afflict them with hard labor. They built Pharaoh storage cities, verse 12, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and the more they spread out so that they were in dread of the sons of Israel. And then verse 14, they made their lives bitter with hard labor in mortar and bricks and all kinds of labor. At this point, after we partake of this, we eat the Passover meal together. And then something amazing happens. And if you remember anything from tonight, I want you to remember this. After the meal is over, the father of the house sends the kids off to find that hidden piece of matzah. The child that brings it, and I brought it plenty of times, they get a prize. 
A quarter. Woo! <laughs> I haven't been at a Jewish Passover, but it's probably like 28 cents today or something. The father takes, listen to this, the father takes it. That was probably not a good thing to say. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes I say things that I shouldn't say and <clears throat> forgive me. The father takes the bread that was broken, wrapped in lin- linen, hidden, resurrected, and he takes that bread and he breaks it and he passed Kali, passes it out to his disciples. <laughs> Passes it out to his disciples. And you know what he says in Matthew chapter 26? It says, while they were eating, Jesus took some bread and broke it and said, this is my body. Oh, Scott, that sounds a little bit like communion. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That in homes of Jewish people through the ages, they've been taking after the meal this hidden wrapped in linen matzah and breaking it and sharing it with one another. And Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, said, broken for you, take, eat. This is my body. I never want you to forget this as we take communion over and over and over again. And the third cup, listen to this. First cup, cup of? Second cup, cup of? Wow. Third cup, the cup of redemption. Exodus says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. That's God's I will. Who is our redeemer? Jesus. He picks up that cup in the midst of a Passover Seder, the cup of redemption. And he says, this, and when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it. All of you, this is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Ah, forgiveness of sins, lamb being slaughtered 3,000, 3,500 years ago. Jesus shows up. By the way, this was Jesus's 33rd Passover. Think about that. He was at Passover seders all growing up. Because he was raised Jewish. I wrote a book called Jesus Was Not a Christian. You know he wasn't a Christian, right? He was born a Jew. He lived as a Jew. He died king of the Jews. He's coming back as the lion of the tribe of? Sometimes I go, Jew? Duh! He lived a Jewish life. That's who he is. They called him rabbi. And here, the the Jewish Messiah is breaking bread and showing that the blood of the lamb is his blood, the lamb of God. So in the same way that that blood protected the homes, so also Jesus is saying, my blood protects you from death and sin. This is what God was about. From the moment of creation, when Adam and Eve fell, the Lord prophesied over that serpent and said, one is coming that's going to crush your head. And he was looking for that messianic figure. He chose Abraham, Abraham through David. Matthew 1.1 says, this is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of Abraham, 
the son of David, Jesus was the one to conquer sin and death because God's not a God of death. And as soon as death entered the world, he loved us enough to find a way for us to never die. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever, Jew, non-Jew, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's no protection unless our homes and our hearts are covered by the blood of the Lamb of God. Before we take communion together, I just want to invite Pastor Troy up here with me. Some of you have never, ever heard of this Passover deal before, but in the same way that Moses told Pharaoh from God, let my people go. I believe tonight that there are people that are gonna be let go of sin and death and brought into the kingdom of his marvelous son. I want you to bow your head and just close your eyes right where you are because I really believe that what Pastor Scott said is that some of you are in this place and you need deliverance. Deliverance from sin, that's what it is. Everything that we deal with that is not of God is sin. The pain you feel, the heartache, the guilt, the shame, the betrayal, everything that we've gone through in our heart. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death, but God gave us an answer. And so we celebrate, we gather together on Good Friday because As Pastor Scott said, God's answer to death was his son. Thank you, Lord. To die for you. My wife and I were driving over today and we were thinking about the the cross and the crucifixion. And it's really hard to say Good Friday because it was a painful Friday. But in order for a heaven rejoicing Sunday, Jesus had to go through a painful Friday and he did it for you. He did it for you. He did it for your life. He did it for your future. He did it for your now, right now. The blood of Jesus is just as present as it was 2,000 years ago, right now. Just as present. Jesus' light shines just as bright as it did then as it does right now. And it's up to you. You have to make a decision. You know, what's interesting is when they put king of the Jews on the cross, it was written in Greek, it was written in Latin, and it was written in Hebrew. Mm. Greek was the language of intellect. Latin was the language of government. And Hebrew was the language of religion. Jesus is the king of our intellect. Mm. Philosophically, he handles every issue that you may have in your soul. He is the king of governments. He is the king of religion. Mm -hmm. And he wants to be the king of your heart. Every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today, before we receive communion together, the Bible says examine yourself. If you want to be forgiven of that sin, If you want to break free and be delivered from that cycle of sabotage, Jesus is right in this room today, right now. Amen. 
The Holy Spirit is drawing you in. He's pulling you in. All you have to do is invite him. He's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is such a gentleman. He never goes where he's not invited. And I don't know what your background is. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe someone invited you. But I wanna invite you to say, hey, Jesus, would you come and deliver me? Personal. If you're here tonight and you'd say, hey, pastor, I wanna give my life to Jesus. I wanna be delivered from my sins. I wanna know, but know, but know that I have a place in heaven. I need to be delivered. I'm gonna count to three when I get to three. And I just wanna know who I'm praying for I wanna know who I'm praying for. We wanna know who, who is saying yes before we receive communion, before we celebrate and remember what he did for us 2,000 years ago. Examine yourself. Is there sin in your life? Tonight is your night to repent and get right with God. You can do it. I have faith in you. I have faith in you. When I count to three, just raise your hand. I wanna pray for you today. Ready? One, two, three. Just raise your hand right where you are. If you need that deliverance, hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, all over the room, thank you. Over to my left, thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Just keep it up for a second. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're gonna pray a prayer of freedom. That's what the prayer of dedication yeah. is, is a prayer of freedom. Yeah. And we're gonna do it all together. I like to do it all together. Because I want you to know what it feels like to have people around you that believe in you. That's what the church is all about. And that's why we're here together tonight. It's not individual. We're, we're collectively the church of God. And now this prayer is going to put you into the place where now you are a part of the body of Christ. And it's so great. This is what I love about church. This is, this, we're not perfect by any means. We make mistakes. People, people are jerks in church. <laughs> they really are just like at your job because they're human beings. But there's one thing that makes us different is we have the spirit of God in us. Right. Right. And we have the capacity by the power of the Holy Spirit that when we fall down, somebody can pick you up and help you. And that's what that's the right. church is all about. It's about fellowship. It's about connecting together. And so we're gonna pray this prayer all together. If you raised your hand, say this loud, say it strong. I believe if you say it loud enough, you can just hear with your own ears. That's the greatest faith you'll ever hear is what comes yeah. out of your own mouth. Yeah. Say this with me all together. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe, I believe that Jesus died for me. That Jesus died for me. He is my he is mine. Passover lamb. Passover lamb. I ask you. I ask to you. To forgive me. To forgive me. By the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. Wash me. Wash me. Of all my sins. Of all my sins. And all my mistakes. And all my mistakes. Tonight. Tonight. I ask you. I ask To you, deliver me. To deliver me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. For the pain. For the pain. And the heartache. And the heartache. That you went through, Jesus. That you went through. For me. For me. You conquered death. You conquered death. For me. For me. I receive you. I receive and you. your life. Your life. In me. In, me. in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's give them a big hand. Thank you for guys for raising your hand. Yeah. Pastor Scott's gonna take us through communion. Awesome. If you guys have your communion elements with you, you can pick them up. I'm gonna use the matzah tonight and this cup. And as we talked about, amazingly, Jesus at the end of the meal grabs the hidden bread, <laughs> the bread that was resurrected, and he says to his disciples as he breaks it, he says, take, eat. This is my body, 
broken for you. Passover is all about remembering. And I want you to remember what Jesus did. On his back, he was scorched. He was striped. He was whipped. He was beaten all so that you could have his blood over the doorpost of your heart and your life. So pick up this bread. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your body. Thank you what you did for us, Lord. For for those of us who take it for granted, forgive us. We remember your suffering tonight, but it doesn't end in suffering. It ends in resurrection. Thank you. You're the God who lives in Jesus' name. Let's partake together. In the same way he took a cup. He said, this is the blood of my covenant. The cup of redemption In the same way that God redeemed Israel in bondage and brought them through to the promise, so also did Jesus redeem us by the blood of the Lamb. So Lord, as we lift up this cup tonight, we're reminded of how you protected our people from death and how you delivered them and redeemed them with your outstretched arm. We remember your blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Thank you, Lamb of God, for giving of yourself willingly for us. As we partake tonight, we remember you in Jesus' name. Amen. There's one more cup. After this cup, it's called the cup of praise because that's when God said, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. And we take that last cup rejoicing in what God has done. And every Passover Seder ends with the same words. Next year in Jerusalem. Next year in Jerusalem. Because Jewish people for so long had no homeland to celebrate Passover. And even today, as we're hearing of struggles in Israel, a terror attack just before I got here in Tel Aviv, God says in Psalm 122, the psalmist says in Psalm 122, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They will prosper who love you. I can't wait to worship in just a minute with the amazing worship team. But I just wanna close and pray over you. And if you don't mind standing, there's a prayer that's been made famous by a song over COVID that was given to the children of Israel many, many years ago as he asked, the Lord told Aaron and Moses to pray this prayer. So I just want you to open up your hands and receive And I'm going to pray it over you in Hebrew and in English, and then we're going to remember in worship what the Lord has done. Yivarechacha Adonai vayishmarecha Ya'er Adonai panavalecha vichunecha Yisa Adonai panavalecha veyasemlecha Shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord lift his countenance on you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and all God's people said, amen, amen.
Yeah.